Joseph was a friend. True, he was first a business acquaintance, but he never seemed like the other businessmen. He was a neighbor and a friend, but as a successful carpenter, he could have been aloof to the servants like all the others. But he wasn't. In fact, he had become a close friend to Galiel. They didn't have many friends, Joseph and Mary. Galiel had always thought it was because of their oldest son. Well, not so much because of him, but because of all that had happened when he was born. Although it had happened far away in Bethlehem, everyone talked about it. Joseph had had to go down there when the Romans decided they hadn't taxed the poor Jews enough. Mary was already well along in her first pregnancy. And that was the start of the problem. They had not had a wedding. There's sure a lot of talk about that. And then, and then all that had happened when he was born. First, the reports from the shepherds about angels making those amazing statements. Then later, the Magi came from the east and gave him gifts. Everyone heard about that. Everyone, including that horrible Herod. At first, Galiel thought the boy must have been killed with all the others. In fact, he feared Joseph must have been as well since no one saw them for years. And all of a sudden, they show up back here in Nazareth with plenty of money to buy a good place and set up shop and home for their growing family. They had been in Egypt. Who would have ever thought it? The strangest conversation that Galiel had ever had was with Joseph. It was not long after Jesus went to his first Passover. There had been some mix-up and Joseph and Mary had to go back to Jerusalem and find Jesus. Joseph was telling him about it and Galiel thought it would be good to encourage Joseph. You have a wonderful son in that boy, Joseph. Joseph's response was a little strange. He never does anything wrong. Galiel smiled as he responded, Yes, he has always been a good son. No, Joseph replied, I mean, he never, ever does anything wrong. Well, yes. Galiel didn't know what he was expected to say. Joseph turned and stared at him for some time before he turned back and quietly but intently said, he's not mine, you know. The shock of this confession made Galiel's heart race. Mary had had an illegitimate son? Whose was it? It could not have been sin in her part, not Mary. Was it a Roman soldier? It was certainly not unheard of. Galiel's face burned in anger. He felt Joseph's eyes in him. Why did he just sit there? Couldn't he say something? So, I mean, well, what do you mean? He is God's son. Galiel felt like knocking Joseph over in all his relief. Joseph thought like any good Jewish father. His firstborn son belonged to God, not to him. Joseph, you gave me quite a start. I thought you meant he wasn't, well, you know, I mean, wasn't yours. Galiel realized as he was expressing his relief that he could very easily a friend. His friend it was no small thing to even pretend infidelity of someone's wife. That is what I mean, Galiel. He stated it flatly. No emotion this time. And now Joseph watched him, no studied him, to see his response. Galiel didn't know, didn't know where to look. He stared at the ground. He tried to look at his friend. Then this powerful but gentle man said something that made his toes tingle and his hair stand up. But it also made Galiel wonder if he had lost his mind. I'm telling you, he is the son of 
God. Mary had relations with no one. The Holy Spirit conceived Jesus in her. The silence had seemed long before this time. It was an eternity. Gelio's mind raced. He tried to remember everything he could about Jesus, about Joseph, about Mary, about their other kids. And that's when it hit him. Joseph's relationship to Jesus was not like that with his other sons. It was like Gelio's relationship with his master's son. He stood up and wheeled to look Joseph in the eye. He saw it there. This was truth. The truth. He dropped to his knees and held his chest. He could hardly breathe. Joseph knelt beside him and put his hand on his shoulder. As Galileo instinctively looked into his face, he saw their understanding. Joseph was slowly nodding. You know, Joseph said. You believe. Now it was Galileo's turn to nod. Then Joseph clutched him to his breast and embraced him as only men can embrace. Joseph began to weep. And Galileo knew that with he alone, Joseph had entrusted this secret, that Joseph had carried this burden alone all his life. What kind of man does it take? (laughs) What kind of man does it take to be a dad, to raise a child, to raise a child not his own? What kind of man does it take to be a husband to a woman with a child not his own? What kind of man can take a bad situation and turn it into a good situation? What kind of man can make a difference? Joseph, the one who raised Jesus, was a man who could make a difference. I'd like us to look at 13, uh, we'll call them situations in the life of Joseph and how he handled them. Together they gave us a picture of this man's character. And perhaps, perhaps he can learn from his example. So men, I'm not going to give you a lot of ways to implement these thoughts into your lives. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> I'll give you the raw material from the scripture as you build the godly life from it. And ladies, welcome on along for the ride. I mean, you're already here. <laughs> you're much better, by the way, at the av- than that, the average guy at adapting messages for your own use. I guess you have to do that all the time, so I'll trust you can do it today. But mostly I'll talk to the guys today. So let's, let's start where Matthew picks up the story. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Consider Joseph's heart. Consider the heartache he must have felt. How did he find out she was pregnant? How do you find out? Remember, Mary left to visit Elizabeth within days of her finding out she would bear God's son. When she came back, it wasn't long before she was found to be with child, obviously pregnant. So think of the blow to his ego and the turmoil in his mind. How did she get pregnant? Willingly or not? Remember, he doesn't know. It was unfortunately not unheard of for Jewish girls to be made pregnant by some Roman soldier. We've discovered in studies that that was relatively common. And she had just made a trip to and from Jerusalem on a very dangerous road. But, of course, 
people traveled with her. So someone would have known if this horror had happened to her. And then, you know, they could have rushed the wedding and everybody would have understood. But they didn't. Does that mean she willingly submitted? He doesn't know yet that it's the Holy Spirit. And he could have gotten angry at Mary and struck out at her. But he didn't. Joseph chose compassion. Men, we need to express compassion. Even, I think maybe we should say, especially when our egos are on the line. There's an old saying that to choose to love is to choose to let a part of your heart go walking around outside your body. You can't protect your heart that way. (laughs) Somebody's going to make a mistake. And our hearts, our egos, will be hurt. Will we choose compassion like Joseph? But as he considered these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Mary saw an angel. Zachariah saw an angel. The shepherds saw lots of angels. Joseph had a dream. Was he not spiritual enough to get an angel sent to him? I mean, really, what? why does he have a dream with an angel in it? Well, actually, I think it's because Joseph had significant spiritual maturity. He was the right man for the job. Now, think of it. How could he be sure of the truth? That he wasn't just having wishful thinking in the form of a dream, Right? Now, later we'll discover that Joseph is careful to follow God's instructions in the Scriptures. In other words, he had carefully read and studied the Scriptures. That's how he could know. Now, certainly, this was a special time with very special circumstances. (laughs) And it was also before the New Testament was written or the Holy Spirit was given. So, all of this early. And in some ways, that makes the faith of Joseph even more impressive. So what does this say to us? Well, certainly we need to study God's Word carefully so that we know how to live. But then we actually have to do the living. (laughs) We have to be willing to do what the Scriptures say even when it doesn't sound right to us, maybe even crazy. In other words, everybody else might cheat in their taxes, but we don't get to. I'm sure... There's many more personal issues in your life that you can think of, so we all have them. I'll let you deal with it. But let's just have faith in God and be faithful in our work, in our walk. Which is what Joseph did. Joseph lived out God's instructions. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. Did he still have doubts? Yeah, I think probably so. (laughs) But he still did what God told him to do. I mean, did he endure criticism? Oh, let's see. Engagements lasted a year then. Marriage ceremonies lasted a full week. Their engagement was short. They didn't have a wedding at all. (laughs) They didn't even have one. 
Yeah, he was criticized, but he still did the job. And then there's this. When men contemplate marriage, they have uh, certain expectations, uh, physical expectations. (laughs) And I'm sure before all this happened, Joseph had his expectations, but he didn't get them fulfilled. (laughs) But he did what he was supposed to do. Obviously exercising considerable restraint. He didn't know her until after Jesus was born. But he did what he was supposed to. And in this life, hey, we all have to exercise restraint all the time. All the time. The area of sexuality is a major area. And you, how, how are we doing, men? How are we doing? With all this, Joseph also had to keep quiet about the truth and bear this burden alone. But still, he did it right. He did his job. Because, hey, he was the right man for the job. Before we get a lot further in this effort, let's let's stop because eventually we all could reach a stage in our lives where we can say, you know, this stuff's kind of like all past for me. <laughs> Doesn't really bother me anymore. I'm kind of old. All right. So we got a little snow on the roof. <laughs> or a lot. Or we got, uh, well, nothing up there. Uh, you know, Our job is to talk to those who are younger. Those in their teens, well, teens, let's go for teens and twenties. They they will actually listen. They will. Uh, You know, no, some kids don't ask me anything lately. (laughs) We're supposed to be the mature ones. We need to go to them. And besides, it's just, I've said it before, it's not like it was 50 or even 20 years ago. The young people, the teens and the 20s, will actually listen, especially to those of us who've made uh, quite a few circles around the sun, shall we say. They're willing to listen to people their grandparents' age. They really are. And then again, in the Bible, was Abraham too old? You know, Zachariah, we just talked about him last week, John the Baptist had. He wasn't too old. And candidly, if, if we haven't given some sort of life advice to some younger man in the last 90 days, I think we're failing as Christian saints. I really do. So get up, get out, and live your life in such a way that those young men will ask you, why do you live the life you live? Talk to them. They'll listen. All right. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who is with child. On the one hand, ah, blessed anonymity. <laughs> Nobody knew the circumstances. They could just say, oh, we're husband and very pregnant wife, and then stop there. Don't say anything else. Everything will be... On the other hand, it must have seemed odd to be forced to do this. What's the deal, God? All outside influences are still by God's design. He even uses things done by those who intend evil to carry out his plan. No matter how difficult it was for his family, Joseph took responsibility. How do we do? God, I don't want to keep this awful job. But we do. Because we're responsible for our family. Lord, why does my kid have to have a learning disability? 
but we hope them learn. Father, it's just not right that my wife has cancer. But we stay all the way through it. The right man for the job does whatever it takes to care for his family. When you talk about a difficult task, Joseph had to help with the birth of Jesus. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son. You know, no hospitals. Men helped deliver the babies their wives bore. Okay? A wife he has never touched. A child, of course, that was not his own. But he did the job. It's about being involved. I watched... I think I've mentioned it here before. I watched a reality TV show where this famous woman and her family takes another famous woman and family out camping. So there are 12 kids in this deal. And at one point in the show, the host mom goes searching for her husband and finds him off by himself fishing. Aren't you, aren't you going to be a part of this time together? I mean, the look in his face made it clear. Why? Why would I want to do that when I can be off here doing my own thing? That's wrong. We need, as dads, as men, to be deeply involved in the lives of our families. Joseph was involved with his family. By the way, a fun little side note. I love talking about this. You may have heard me do this before, too. Do you ever wonder what Joseph expected to see when Jesus was born? He's the son of God, right? When he comes out, is he going to glow? He's going to have a built-on halo? I what did he expect? I kind of think what would be really interesting, he kind of maybe thought it's the Son of God. He's going to have an adult intellect even as he's a baby. So he'll be born and he'll say, thanks Joseph for helping me with my birth. I'll take, I'll take over now. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be really too weird. <laughs> Whatever he did think, what he got was a regular baby. The person of the Son of God, yes, but, but a real, regular baby. And that's kind of part of the lesson too. It might seem hard to do great things when all we have to work with is ordinary. But we still need to do the job to be the right man for the job. For instance, Joseph had to find a place for them to stay, some place safe for a new baby. So he laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Joseph, the great provider. <laughs> he gets a stable for his wife to birth her child in. Did he regard himself as a failure? Maybe. But still, Joseph provided for his family. Have you ever done your best, but it wasn't good enough? It's hard to keep doing the job. But we must. We cannot falter simply because we fail. Joseph did not. And as he was doing his job, Joseph was gracious to the lowly. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Shepherds. Dirty Thinking of sheep, and probably worse. They probably hadn't had a bath in weeks. And yet Joseph was gracious to them. 
They were the lowest people in their society. But he didn't get some superior attitude like he was better than they were. None of them could do anything for Joseph and his family. He wasn't going to get anything for his good behavior. But it is part of the job of a man to be gracious to the lowly. And Joseph was definitely the right man for that job too. Joseph could be trusted to follow God's instructions. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Jesus was short for Jehoshua, or Yahushua, uh, the salvation of Yahweh. Although the name was common, uh, was common enough, this was still an oddity. There is a Joshua, which is another derivation of Jehoshua, in Mary's line, but nothing like Jesus in the one listed by Matthew for Joseph. Dads at that time were supposed to name their boys after someone in their family, especially their firstborn, but Joseph didn't. He was faithful to God's word and named him Jesus. And if there wasn't enough talk already, <laughs> trust me, there was now. Sometimes it's hard to do the job the way God wants the job done. When our son Aaron was 15, uh, his mom, Becky, wanted some big rocks for her garden, so we decided to make an adventure out of it, and we got in our little pickup and took off for the hills to find some big rocks. Yeah, I know, it, it would have been easier and probably cheaper to buy them, but I didn't know that. Besides, we grew up doing things ourselves, and I kind of find that a hard habit to break. <laughs> Anyway, after driving around for a couple hours, we, we head towards some cliffs and suddenly the road's blocked by a pile of big rocks. And they, hey, they looked great, you know. So we back the truck around and put the ramps up that I'd brought and we start getting these things up on top of there. We, and uh, we're working. I, I, was in, you know, I was in pretty good shape then and, and Aaron was a pretty strong 15-year-old. But wow, even with the ramps and all, we worked up a really good sweat for over an hour. Uh, sorting through and then loading up the just you know the perfect big rocks, uh, and I was, I was feeling pretty good because I knew I knew how Becky would love these rocks. But then this guy shows up. He says, "Hey, what you doing?" And you know he's nonchalant. So I explained it as he stood watching us load the very last rock onto the truck. Okay, actually, and he leans over the side of the truck and is kind of looking at the rocks. He says, uh, "All these." Uh, all these belong to the warehouser company. <laughs> uh, we put them there because a group of local college kids, they've been driving up here to have their parties and they were leaving behind huge messes. <laughs> My son Aaron immediately, I mean immediately says, well, I guess we better get him out of the truck and put him back where they belong. And that was exactly the right thing to do and I wish I could tell you his dad was thinking the same thing. <laughs> The truth is, I was trying to figure out, how do I keep these rocks? <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing. I didn't want to do the right thing. What I knew were God's instructions. But it's always important as men to live life according to God's rules. And Joseph did. Joseph demonstrated his spiritual maturity in another way. Joseph hosted the rich with grace. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Can we just say 
that this was certainly difficult for a carpenter to do. I mean, he was probably much more comfortable in the shop than in palaces or with people that frequented castles, you know. And I think this is harder than dealing with people who are lower in status, like shepherds. He could have let his ego get in. Yeah, a bunch of rich guys, fancy gifts, you know, a bunch of show-offs. It's pretty easy for guys to get loud and proud <laughs> around people who are obviously more successful than us. And certainly we've all fought off jealousy. Or, uh, or not. <laughs> but his dads or granddads are simply men of God. We need to do this right as well. Can we be gracious with those who are doing better than us? You know, with money or in education or in social standing. Can we be gracious when that person who is better <sighs> is the one to whom we are married? That's a tough one. So let's do it right. And well, no matter what God calls us to do. Joseph was willing to leave everything. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. He has another dream. And then he gave up his life and Mary's for Jesus. And he brought Jesus safely to Egypt. Could we leave everything if God told us to? Eh, sometimes that's the job that we must do for our families. But what if it doesn't mean leaving some place or possession? What if it's leaving something we love to do? <laughs> uh, some way that we live our lives. And, and we find the Bible says, no, you can't live like that. Or more likely, it would be that the Spirit impresses on us that that's not the best way to live your life. Will we submit to God, leave behind our old lives and change? Joseph did. And again, for the most part, he did it alone. Most of these things he had to shoulder on his own. We have to remember that God's not going to ask us, why didn't those other men make you do it right? He's either going to praise us for doing right or ask us why we didn't. He's not going to ask us what other men did. Well, Joseph did it right. He spent some time in Egypt. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. That what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, he shall be called a Nazarene. Did you notice that Joseph figured it out on his own before he had his last dream? He already figured it out. God confirmed it in a dream. Joseph has reached full maturity. 
which is where we need to be, where we figure out what God wants us to do without having to be told. (laughs) Not where people always have to correct us. Joseph was ready. He did what God needed, going to Nazareth, without having to have special instructions. He could be the right man for the job on his own. And now we get to the most dangerous time in our lives. And of course, the most dangerous time in Joseph's life. Joseph's life gets normal. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Joseph went back to work. Started raising Jesus. They had mother kids. They went to church. Life got so normal, they forgot they were on a mission for God, even while they were living out their faith. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. They lived just like everybody else. Not so much because they believed, but according to custom. Do we, do we live according to custom? Just like everybody expects us to. There is nothing more dangerous than day-to-day life. We can so easily forget that we are destined for eternal life. We become so involved with our jobs that we forget the work is God's work, not ours. And could it be that we forget those kids that we see every day? (laughs) Those of us who have them. (laughs) They're not our kids. They're God's kids. Are we pointing them towards eternal life as we are supposed to be? Do we remember in our day-to-day living that our wives will live forever? And have we forgotten how important she is to God who is, by the way, her father? And we, we won't always be her husband. There is an end to this. Have we forgotten not just why we serve God, but that we serve Him at all? Joseph started to. But Jesus knew who He was, why He was here. So Jesus shook up their lives so they wouldn't forget. And when the feast had ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing Him to be in the group, they went a day's journey when they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they could not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. They were so sure they had it right. But when things were like they were supposed to be, Mary and Joseph were distressed. Please note, Joseph was devoted to God's service, but he forgot God's son lived under his own roof. Joseph knew Jesus could be trusted to be on his own, but he forgot who Jesus is. And Joseph cared deeply. He searched long and hard to find Jesus. Why didn't he know where Jesus would be? He's the Son of God. Where else is he going to be? 
God had to pull Joseph up short and remind him of the real life for which he should be preparing. Are we preparing for the real life? Or are we so caught up in this life that we've forgotten that we are citizens of heaven? Nice cars, nice homes, nice furniture, good kids, good jobs, good clothes, 401ks, so we can have a nice retirement. Why? This world is not where our real lives will be lived. And yes, it is important. It's very important. But this world is only where we prepare for the real life to come. We need to live our lives and we should enjoy them. But don't let us forget the purpose of this life. The reason that we should enjoy it. Joseph may have momentarily forgotten But Jesus, even though he lived a regular day-to-day life, never forgot. Certainly didn't when he began his ministry. Some men father children and then figure their job's done. Sometimes they stay in the house, sometimes they don't. Interestingly enough, it's the same way some people see Jesus. They worship the babe in the manger. And that's it. So men, let's not stop at the cradle or anywhere along the path. So let's move on to the cross, through the burial, through the resurrection, to the ascension. But even beyond that, to the promise that the ascension gives, Jesus will come back and give us a new life, a perfect, eternal, real life. Well, Joseph is... That fades from history before Jesus begins his ministry. But that's okay. I, I think it was okay with him. I don't think he minded. He'd done his job. Now it's time for Jesus to come to the fore. Are we willing to fade out of the picture so that Jesus can be the first in the lives of our kids, of our wives, our friends? If we live like Joseph, this part's easy. Not a problem at all. Joseph had the most difficult fathering job of any man that ever lived. An imperfect man raising a perfect son. (laughs) The son. He learned to do it well because he learned to keep his eyes on eternity. We need to live like we're going to live forever then we can be the right person for the job that Jesus has for each of us. And here's an extra lesson from Jesus' life. The 14th point. We all know Jesus loved the whole world, but in what way? And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Lots of men, that last part, Lots of men ready to die for their families. 
but are they ready to live for their families? To give their lives in service for their families. But Joseph did. That's what men of character do. That's what the right man for the job does. What Jesus did. Let's pray.